Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, there is a nice piece of stock music playing behind me that a talented composer worked really hard on. So let's enjoy it. Wow, almost overshadows the saving big when you switch to progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Well, we've reached the end of the year. And for the final guest on the podcast for 2020, I thought I would bring on someone who's been on before, someone who I admire greatly, has become a good friend of mine, and who I really believe seeks light. It's just a good human, and I think represents the week of Christmas really well and the new year. That will be one Miss Noah Ronan. Noah is a light. And she really, I think, gets being reflective and understanding yourself and going deep to try to understand more about how you can become better on a daily basis. Today, Noah and I discuss a variety of topics, but one that I think we could all benefit is from learning more about our ego and how not using our ego to pave pathways in our life is really important. It's not about us, certainly, and mostly about others. I hope you guys have a good rest of the year and are looking forward to a much better 2021. I hope that you'll see a lot of light. said yay let's go we are now going <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's do it <laughs> miss noah how have you been as of late i am really good um life is working nicely um just finished a kind of like an event i did i did an open event for my linkedin community about accountability and it was really fun so I, I come to you with a lot of energy, so <laughs> stay tuned. Oh, nice. <laughs> Accountability. So what was the, what's the response to that? It was really interesting. You, you know, first it was, you know, every time I do those kinds of events, um, you start with an idea and then you start researching, at least me. Okay. So I start researching and I start with the basics. What's the definition and what's interesting is that when you start reading about ac accountability, you realize that there are lots of different definitions that are not the same. Um, mm. And there is a lot of confusion between responsibility and accountability. And a few things that came from the conversation, uh, one, accountability is kind of like do what you promised you will do. It's beyond the responsibilities that you say that you're going to do something and you do it. Um, and you're responsible whether, you know, for the consequences, whether they are amazing or not. And that's probably where people kind of like step away from, from moving into action because I don't want to be accountable to something that will not be success. We are programmed to behave this way so there was that level right kind of like the basic level of how am i moving into action and then there was the beyond the purpose the purpose of why should i even move into action why should i be accountable to this action and and uh, where is my focus is my focus or is on what important am i accountable for the the important things to, for the things that bring purpose or i just do to be busy and that's an amazing question um so 
that's that's kind of like you know part of the conversation that we had. Uh, then there was kind of like tips that they gave about how to, how you can help yourself stay accountable. But that's kind of like was you know the essence of where the group was. And the last thing I think we talked about it a bit last time is to meet pe- people where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, that sometimes we try to push people, you know, if we want them to be accountable or responsible for something or move into action, we push too hard. And then we we meet resistance. Um, so, so it's very, very important to meet people where they are and start with the question, what do you want? Not what I want for you because I come from my perspective. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So how did that, how has that materialized over the course of this year? You know, now we can reflect upon almost an entire year of a, a very different year, a year of upheaval and yeah. in different times for people. How are those things manifesting themselves inside of that group with people? Are you talking about people in general or about myself? In general, Me. in general, yeah. <laughs> It's not about you, Noah. It's always about me. <laughs> it's never about you. Stop it. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I don't. I think. I think. Okay. So we 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 come always to these conversations, right? Uh, very very open to to see where where it's going to take us, right? Where where the wind will blow. So. Mm-hmm. Here is maybe a trend. So you ask me the question and I'm trying to kind of like to collect all the different conversations that I had in the last year. Yes. I I think that one of the main ones is that transition, that transition between life and work. And how do I create that transition when the boundaries are so not clear? Before they were clear because I would go to work or my kids would be in school, right? And and suddenly mm-hmm. there are no boundaries between this and that. And now I need to reprogram everything and how I make it happen. So I feel that this is an area that I saw a lot of um, challenge many times from working mothers that are the... Um, that they are the, you know, that their husband is actually taking care of the kids and they mm-hmm. don't know how to move from work to just push on the pause and move into a family presence and be present with the family. And I think this is mm-hmm. what I see where people find it very hard to do the transition and move to be present with their loved ones. Um, so that's, I think one of the main, you know, there probably were a a lot more, but that was one of the things that pulled my attention this year. Yeah. Did you find that? I mean, this sounds like you were saying about other people. So is that for you also, or is it just generally the people, uh, kind of an overall general thing? Yeah. So for me, it was kind of like exciting. What happened is that my husband, before the COVID, um, you know, when we moved into a lockdown mode in a way, uh, my husband started, uh, used to travel at least two weeks of the month out of the country. So two weeks out of every month, he was out of the house traveling in the last few years, which meant that with three kids, there is work, there is kids, there is, you know, after the end of the day, taking care of the house and all. So I was tired and I had to figure out how to create work in all this chaos because sometimes I would plan something and then it would say, I really need to travel. There is that issue and I need to travel. And then I had to recreate my my plan. And it was very... I, I made it happen, but it was also frustrating, right? Because it's very hard to see consistency with what you create. So actually for me, uh, when the family moved to a, a house mode, it created a lot of freedom. And I love those paradoxes. And I didn't realize why it suddenly everything is working for me. Suddenly I had a lot of freedom. I could start working whenever I wanted. I could end my day whenever I wanted. 
my husband was home, the kids were home. So everything was really simple. My life became right. very simple and it made everything much easier. And there were many more possibilities for me that were very hard for me to create before. They were challenging with the reality I had. Um, and I, I had a lot of fun. One of the fans is podcasting, right? Um, um, yeah. Just being a guest and having fun with that and, and not putting any, any intention of, of what's going to show up for me coming to and being a guest in podcasts. And it, it's really kind of like I can play. I can have fun with that with, with no distractions in a way. So what happened to me is that I had to learn how to put a stop for my day because it was, I was in my play zone. It wasn't exhaustion. It was just play. And I realized that uh, some people, they will work nine to five. I am one of the people that have a different rhythm. I will push, 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 and then I need to recover. So uh, when I learned that about myself and then I start teaching that to my clients, what I did is that I said, okay, I can't stop myself. I enjoy, I'm in that play zone and that's fine. Mm -hmm. My kids are older. They don't need me all the time. They do come and, and get what they need from me. Where They come and say, I need a hug. They get a hug. They, they want to go for a walk. We go, go for a walk. But in the bigger scheme, I will push and then I will take a day off. So Thursdays for me are day off. I don't work. And totally fine with that because I, so I, I had to create myself a new way of working because my life changed. Um, so um, I'm grateful that it changed into, uh, you know, possibilities that I enjoy. Um, and really um, that understanding that my top value is freedom. Mm. And I experience freedom in this lockdown. <laughs> so that was awesome. I love those paradoxes. Yeah. Interesting. So, you know, it's very interesting how like some people are experiencing more freedom and some people are experiencing a lot less freedom in their time. Right, limitations, and right? There's just, yeah, there's a lot of different realities or levels of consciousness that I think are occurring that I was just saying this to somebody else, just kind of like, we're often not in tune to other people's realities very well. We're mm -hmm. very concerned right. about our own reality. And so that I feel like is always something that's, it's difficult when you're dealing with something like this, because, you know, your reality may be fine while other, someone else's reality could be just completely falling apart, you know? Yeah. And, and I have to say, and, and I'm curious, um, what, what have you learned from, from this new reality this year, but I think one of the main things that um, opened up for me is gratitude practice. Every day I wake up and I say, thank you. Thank you for having a roof above my head. Thank you for having food in my refrigerator. Thank you for my teenagers still want to hug me <laughs> and be with yeah. me. Yeah. It's, not, it's not something that every parent experience. So... Um, uh, and, you know, for, for me being with my husband in the house and not killing each other. So I, <laughs> I am, I'm finding that I'm, I'm, I'm really practicing gratitude that I was not able to tap uh, to before. Um, so I'm curious if, if you see that some things changed for you in the last few months. Yeah, I think since March, a lot of things have changed. I think in my family, for me, it's been the same. Mm -hmm. I've always been working okay. uh, remotely. Well, always, meaning the mm -hmm. last three years I've been working remotely. So, but I've been used to having like just me at the house for many, many hours every day. Um, so once my daughter was home from school all the time and my wife was working remotely, it was kind of like they started infringing upon my time, my area quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's been an adjustment, I would say. And now as my daughter's in a hybrid school situation where she goes back to school once a, uh, one week on, one week off, you know, I'm starting to get that a little bit more. My wife's going to start going back into her clinicals in the hospital in January. So 
I feel like, you know, for like a good eight, nine months, it's been an adjustment just of having everybody around, which I mm-hmm. like it on many ways, but I'm also somebody that likes to be alone as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get energy from both things, being around people and being by myself. And so when I have that nice combination of, of both of those, it's like optimal living for me. And so currently it's just mainly like just being around people in my house all the time, which is nice, but, uh, I don't get that, um, alone time mm. as much as I would like now, you know. It's, it's interesting because I'm, I'm an introvert too. I need my, my alone time and my, you know, my around people time. And mm-hmm. I was really worried that I will not have my alone time, you know, with every, everyone in the house. And even, even my walking time or running time that used to be my alone time is many times right now. Uh, if, you know, if someone from the family will walk with me, someone from the family will run with me. And I had to learn how to, to say, okay, this is my time. It's okay that in this whole family, I have my alone time and not be with other people. And I learned how to create that in my day when the weather was better, I would sit outside in the porch and be with myself and read something. And now I'm getting back into running alone or walking alone that I feel that I was really missing. So I think that that was kind of like that little, I realized that that little moment in my, the, the few minutes in my day of walking or, or running is my yeah. sacred space that I, I cannot share with them every day. Um, so that, for me, it was that same experience. I have to say that uh, for me, it, well, you know, when we record that is it's after lunchtime and the kids came they saw that my husband and I in the kitchen, they came, we laughed, they, they hugged me, they, they kind of like, you know, had that jealousy moment of who's going to get more mm-hmm. hug time for mommy. And it was a moment of gratitude for me. I didn't say anything because they would become sarcastic, but I, it was a moment of, I actually like it. I actually like it that I can have that moment with my kids and, and be grateful for that. Um, so, so again, going back to what I said about gratitude, I am, I'm finding that I'm, I'm more present with those little moments that bring so much joy into my life. Yes. It's not like I want to keep the pandemic going on, but I was able to connect with some areas in myself that I was not able to connect before. Yeah, it's. I'm getting a lot of little moments <laughs> with my family all the time. <laughs> I think which is fine. I think it's good. I'm not, I'm not complaining about it. I just I'm not getting the other side, which is my own time. Yeah. Even it's like yeah. for me, like even if I go, like I'll leave the house and I'll go to the resort where we live, and you know, I'll work out there and stuff. It's not enough time for me. Like I need like three or four days in a row, like with being by myself, like no responsibility. And that's what I miss. I used to have that. I would like fly to Las Vegas or I go somewhere else. And I would just be like, just me on my own, only worried mm-hmm. about myself. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to having that again. I mean, for me, it doesn't, I, it's just, that was what we always did. Or my wife and I had just vacations that her and I did a couple times a year. And mm-hmm. that we love doing, love, love, love doing. So I'm looking forward to at some point adding those things back then. I think it just creates a lot of balance for me is having my time or my time just with my wife. And then I, I would do a lot of stuff just with my daughter and I. So it's just been like all of us, you know, which has been nice. But mm-hmm. also I just miss uh, just my own time where I don't have to be responsible for anybody else except for me. You know? Yeah. So, so I think that what you're saying is very important because both of us need our alone time, but it's very different. And, and Mm -hmm. going into that awareness, right, is having those internal conversations with ourselves to figure out what works for us. What works for me doesn't mean that it works for you and that's fine. Um, and, and right now it's really hard for you to get what you need. Um, but in most situations, if we are aware, we, we can create that to ourselves rather than ignoring that and then not realizing why we're so restless. 
Uh, and it's not a big deal once a year to take three days and disappear in some situations, you know, for people wh- whenever, you know, in each, I'm not going to go to how and when and whatever, but um, yeah. it starts with that awareness that we're different people with different needs. Um, and, and I find that many times having that awareness of how, what is my pace, what is my rhythm, what is my cycle of energy is very important to understand when my energy is high and when my energy is low. And then when it's high, I have a momentum. When it's low, I need to recharge and maybe be alone, maybe be with people. You know, it depends on, the, on, on different people. Uh, and just get that understanding for yourself that you can um, have a different experience with what you do. Most will definitely. Be. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you, you know, you've had time now to do th- fun things and be on podcasts and things of that nature. So how's that gone being on different interviews or different mediums, chatting and talking? How have you enjoyed that this past year? Exactly. I enjoy it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, I enjoy it in, in so many different levels. So um, before my focus was to speak in conferences and I, I love speaking to groups. I really do. I like um, really to do workshops and, and group coaching and facilitate mastermind groups. And I, I decided to go back to speak to bigger audience and, and speak in conferences and events. And I did that. Um, and what happened with the COVID that I said, well, I would like to try and see how it's going to show up in podcasting. And what I loved is exactly what we are doing now. And maybe it's just me choosing those kind of podcasts that I can have those kinds of conversations. I, I love that the conversations are real. I do not prepare to any conversation when host tells me that they are going they are going to send me question i tell them questions i tell them you know what i prefer that you don't because i want to make sure nice. that when i have a conversation with you it's real and i didn't prepare any script for that and also it's a pot- opportunity for me to listen to myself i don't listen to every recording and every interview because there is a capacity to how much you can, as you said before, yeah. to how much you can be in the me, me, me. Uh, but at times I do listen and it allows me to also see where I can be more focused, where I can narrow what I'm talking about, where I can expand. Uh, sometimes, you know, in, in each conversation, really, it's like with my clients in each conversation, if you don't just focus about yourself, but you focus about the conversation itself, you learn something new. And from each podcast host, I get a different perspective about what I talk about, about my story that I many times um, invited to share. And it al- allows me to understand a lot of the stuff I'm talking about better. <laughs> it's interesting or get different perspectives. Yeah. But for me, it really start and starts and ends with real conversations that I can be real with you and, and connect with you. And I now what, what I was allowed to understand that maybe what led my way in my decision to speak on stage in the conferences and events was a bit of ego. Hmm. And yeah. Explain that more, a bit more. Yeah, right. Um, I I realized that there was something in me that wanted to show that I can do this, you know, to say I'm a speaker. I spoke in this event, ah. and in that event, and and have the, you know, the, the ego was leading me and not really the joy. And the joy I experienced in in going in in being interviewed to different uh, podcasts is totally different than when I go to conferences beyond the time and everything else. It's, it's just a different experience for me. And, and that's where I had to put a mirror in front of my face and say, Hey, do you do that because you really enjoy what's happening there? Or was that a decision of your ego? And Hmm. I realized it was more a decision of my ego 
and wasn't comfortable seeing that. But I also said, okay, it was an opportunity for you to realize what's important to you and declutter what's less important to you. And what's missing for me when, when you, when you do those big events is that you don't have the same, you have connection with the audience. It's not like you don't, right? but it's a different connection. It's a different connection when I talk with you and when I talk to, um, uh, on, on the stage to 200 or 1000, it's, it's just a different experience. Um, and I need that connection. I realized that I'm still that small town girl needs, needs the connection with other people, um, in a very, um, authentic way. What was that like? Like thinking <laughs> about that this was your, this was your ego. It's like, Oh, I'm a speaker. I do all these things. Like, was it surprising to you to come to that assessment of it? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, sure. Um, yeah, it was fine. And, yeah. and, you know, it's, it's kind of like when I, when I laughed at myself, is it, it's about me, right? Um, I, I struggled when I moved from Israel to, to the U.S. I struggled with not being the Noah I was before the relocation. There was that Noah that was an executive that get it done, that speaks to a room and influencing leaders. She was 24 speaking with vice presidents and CEOs of big companies, and she felt good about herself. And suddenly she moves to a new country and um, not able to express herself the same way. There are some words that are missing. She doesn't feel that she can be that influencer. And, and going back to talking about myself and not as a she, I, I, I was living in a space of shame and anger, shame that I can't see the results I saw before and anger that it's not fair, right? That I, I was in that space, um, when I moved to the U S and that was 15 years ago and I was stuck for five years. I was really stuck for five years, not able to see results. And when I start seeing results, it wasn't to show to anyone else. Is what It was to show myself that I can be that Noah again. And there was a voice inside me telling me, you can't do that with your second language. You just can't. It's too crappy. You can't do what you did before. And one day, a woman that heard me speaking and heard me saying something about English not being my first language and about that voice, she said, listen, Noah, we don't care that you do mistakes. We don't care that you have an accent. She didn't care that I have an accent. She didn't care that I do mistakes in English. She said, you create that special connection with the audience that makes me want to listen to you. And that's when I got it. That's when I got that the story is not about my proficiency in my language, but about my ability to connect with people through just being real. Still, there was that want to show myself results. And that's where the ego shows up. And sometimes where the ego is not patience. And when the ego is trying to control situations and see results um, too fast, and then I get in my way. And with the speaking, I could see that the ego is leading my way again. You need to show the world that you are a big shot. You're that big speaker. And this period in my life was allowing me to see no. It doesn't come from purpose. It doesn't come from your why. It doesn't come from connection. It doesn't come from real. Um, and you actually don't enjoy it. And mm. so... You know, it's, 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 I have a lot of conversations with myself. I had at least in the last 15 years. So that's why I'm saying I'm not surprised uh, because we get to know our mechanism, how we work, how we think. But sometimes, you know, autopilot, I want to be a speaker. Okay, what do I do? How do I do that? How do I get there? You know, get into that rhythm with myself in my head. And then something like, COVID happens and makes you pause mm -hmm. 
and take a moment and, as I say, lean back. You know, Sheryl Sandberg says, says lean, lean in. I actually talk a lot right now about lean back. Mm-hmm. Lean back, reflect, take a moment to be honest with, my, with yourself. And I'm really trying to, to dare myself to show up fully for myself and say the truth. It's not easy, but it's the truth. Yeah, it's, you know, I find the whole speaking thing, it's interesting, like, where people will land with that once, you know, big conferences are back at some point, and mm-hmm. how they've been conducting themselves with virtual conferences. I've, I've done speaking at several virtual conferences this year. And, uh, and I've done both the, you know, big conference stuff. And I'm like, mm, kind of mixed about it. You know, I like, there's, there's positives to both. The connection level is very different between the two. Mm. But uh, the ego part, I think, is very interesting to me because I think if we were all very honest with ourselves, that there's certainly a, a large level of status recognition for things that we crave. And how do we deal with that? How do we you know, how do we navigate? Are we doing things purely for our ego's sake to say, hey, I'm doing this because I want to have this status or for, you know, doing something because of, you know, the pure joy of it or, you know, like helping others. It's interesting. I would be interested in how other people think about this, especially, you know. Hmm. Yeah. And, and um, again, it came back to freedom. There is so much sense of freedom um, in doing the podcasts and, and I'm talking about that tendency that I have to try and force things to happen. So, you know, it has to be that amazing speaking event that people will book me, that companies will want, you know, there is all that, that tension that I put into that, that just makes it not fun. Right. Uh, so there is that status, but also the forcing um, that you want things to happen in that specific way that you see around, that you hear, you know, other people sharing their beautiful, uh, successful stories that I don't believe that they are 100% as they share them. And and then the, the podcasting experience is actually so liberating. It's It's about just talking about what you feel is important to talk about. It gives you the space to talk about what you talk, at least for me. And I come into it from just having adventure. I meet people from all around the world. And there are all these cool stories, just, you know, how I got to know you. Um, it's not just the podcasting. We kind of like yeah. have this new friendship, right? Exactly. So I would never get to know you. Um, other way, probably, maybe, I don't know. But um, is I meet people from all around the world and not just for my community. And it's really fun, really, really fun in so many different levels. Uh, just a fun, funny story. I met with a podcaster who is Italian. She lives in Netherlands, the Netherlands. And my kids are bilingual. Mm-hmm. And my two, my daughter and my youngest sons, they are 16 and 12. They love languages. So my daughter speaks, she studies Mandarin, Chinese. She studies German at school. My, my, my neighbor is French. So they study French with her. And it's nothing that I make them. They come to me and they say, mom, I want to study this. I want to study that. Yeah. And I come and said, we really want an Italian teacher. So I go on a conversation with that podcaster from ne- the, the, the Netherlands. And apparently she's Italian and she's young. Young, and I'm telling her, you know what? You might get some money <laughs> from this conversation. Yeah, right? <laughs> and apparently, I found an Italian teacher for my kids just from getting with her on a Zoom call and getting to know her because before we are going to record the podcast. So I just love what it, it's kind of like. I'm on that really fun adventure, and I believe you have the same experience um, having this podcast because you bring really interesting people. Not me, but really interesting people to this <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Um, so yeah, most definitely. I feel like whenever I was speaking at a conference um, or at like a seminar, you know, there'd be a lot of people there and stuff, but I would never get to know them. 
You know, it's mm-hmm. like I'd come in, I would do my thing and, um, you know, you kind of, you go back or whatever, or you maybe you listen to a little bit of the other things, but you, it's kind of an in and out transactional experience in many ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And whereas podcasting, especially if you're doing a one-on-one thing, you're, if you're doing it well, in my opinion, you're developing a relationship with another person. You're kind of going on a date with a lot of people. <laughs> and so you're just dating a bunch of people over and over again. And, you know, some of those dates are basically one-offs. You know, you meet each other. It's very nice, you know, pleasant time. And then some of those dates turn into longer-term relationships with people for that. And it's just the opportunity to get that that I think you just don't get when speaking at a conference. It's just more personal. I think sometimes speaking at seminars, conferences, things, it's just there is a lot of status to it. And it's more of a volume play many ways, just like I'm going to speak to a lot of people, you know, in this thing or this, you know, trade show. And I'm always a bigger fan of just one-on-one conversation, the freedom, as you say, you know, behind that, the the deeper things behind that, that really, I think, I think there's a lot less ego involved in, in this way of doing it versus doing it in speaking in front of large crowds. I'm not saying that's bad. To do that, I think it's great. I mean, if you got a great message and a thing you want to talk about, it probably inspire a lot of people. But uh, there's something about when you're holding court and all these people are watching you at the same time in person. This kind of almost throne mentality with it, you know, everybody's watching you. Whereas when you're a podcast, especially one where there's no audio like this, it's just two voices talking to each other. Yeah, there's something special I- about that. I loved what you said about the deeper conversation. And I think part of why I love coaching so much is that it's never what the client says they want to work on, <laughs> you know, oh, um, yeah. they say, I, I want to talk about that. And when you start asking questions and you go deeper and deeper, you, you know, they just, oh my gosh, I didn't realize, you know, it's kind of like our conversation about the ego. I want to be a speaker. Mm -hmm. And then you realize there is something deeper. There is that want to show yourself, to show others that you have that status. Is it real? Is it really what brings Mm -hmm. the purpose of who you are as a person? So it brings that deeper conversation. And I agree with you. Part of the reason I I find that um, magic in in podcasting is that it takes the conversations into a deeper um, level. And when the guest, and and that's my perspective, okay? So where I come from, I'm not going to talk about the guest. I'm going to talk about myself. When I come as a guest, (laughs) I don't try to sell anything. I don't try to come with a script. Uh, I don't come with any... um, kind of like, this is what I have to speak about today. If I don't mm-hmm. speak about it, um, you know, it's kind of like, and that's what happens when you come to a conference. There are like those three things, those two things, that main thing that you need to speak about. And if you yeah. haven't, it's kind of like you missed the train. And that's where I find the freedom in podcasting that, yes, it's not like I'm just coming here to have a conversation with you. Still, I am not attached that I have to say something specific. Um, and if I don't say that I miss the train or I, I, um, um, it, it, it wasn't a success. It's about being curious. It's about having a deeper conversation. It's about the connection ben- between the two people speaking and, and inspiring or motivating other people or just creating that awareness. I know that when I listen to podcasting, it always brings something that's like, oh, didn't think yeah. about it. Oh, right. Yeah. I also think too, you know, you got me thinking about all these ideas. I'm all about ideas. Um, but <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, a lot of places they bring in speakers from all over the world or, you know, people from different places to talk about something. I often wonder like, why wouldn't companies and things just create a podcast of people that work in their organization? And then, Hmm. Because a lot of larger companies, you know, they don't have, they, a lot of people don't know each other actually in those, in the especially very corporate places. And what if you had a podcast that was dedicated to just that company's culture? I and love that. All the, 
all the people in it, right? So yeah. all this, somebody from this department speaks one week, another person speaks in, from this department in one week, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're starting to get to know your coworkers, at least through that medium. And then you contact them and say, hey, I heard you on the company podcast. I'd like to get to know you. Let's do coffee or something, you know, instead of always mm-hmm. bringing, you know, uh, influencers in from outside to talk about, a, you know, best practices. I think there's, it can be more personal if we allowed it to be that way, you know. It's it's so true. And, you know, when I talk about what I call beyond leadership, I I truly believe that the moment a leader matures, because you see a lot of podcasts that, that the CEO, right? Have, have you noticed mm-hmm. that? That there are lots yeah. of companies that the CEO will bring guests from outside or from inside to to kind of like create that podcast for the company. And there is something for me that, I realized in my leadership path, and and I believe there is some maturity with this, with it, is that when you start your leadership journey, it, it, there is that sense of I need to be at the front, going back to the ego, going back to the me, 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 yeah. even accountability, right? I'm accountable. I need to be in the front. What happened to me, and that that you will see the connection to what you said, is that I said, okay, how can I create the next generation of leaders? How can I start moving backwards and create space for other people to show up and get to the front? And I stopped being attached to being in the front. I realized it's not about me. It's about the organization. It's about the community. It's about no matter what you are creating, leading. And and then you can be, so you have those, that energy that you can sometimes be in the front because sometimes you do need to be the leader that makes decisions, but you don't need to be there all the time. You can be mm-hmm. on the sides, go next to people or, go, or be in the back and start creating the next generation of leaders. And that, that's exactly what you're talking about. And in one of the organizations in the coaching organ association, I was the president um, in Raleigh. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I decided to start a leadership conference. And in the second year when I chaired it, I suggested that rather that we bring all those, you know, speakers from all around, how about we take the coaches and we did what we call Ignite Talks. There were five-minute mm-hmm. talks, and we invited coaches. Um, by the way, it wasn't just from the chapter. We invited also coaches from other places just to open it for the region. Um, but the idea was let's let's get the voices inside our chapter to show up and, and ignite and shine rather than, than bringing the information from outside. And it was beautiful. The community applaud and, you know, they supported the people that were a bit nervous. And we even decided to kind of like treat them and brought a vid- videographer that they can have like five minutes video because they are coaches and kind of like support their business. Uh, so there are ways that we can look at our community and say, why do I need to be all the time in the front? Why do mm-hmm. I need to... Uh, bring other knowledge when there are all these people that can shine here in, in my community and we can help them grow and thrive. Um, and, and I love what you're saying also right now with, you know, the remote work, um, how can we create that social connection, right? There is so lack, you know, you need a bit of less social connection right now in, in a way, in some areas, right? <laughs> yeah, in but, some ways, yeah. But some people really need now this social connection. A lot of single people, by the way, um, that they work many hours and don't have a lot of um, social yeah. interactions. And that can be a beautiful thing to bring into corporate. So I, I say... Let's make it happen. <laughs> It'll be great. I just think it's a good idea. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's, the focus is always on bringing other people who don't work in your company in to do this thing. And especially, you know, bringing in people who are so, you know, quote unquote influencers or famous, you know, to try to draw people to listen. But I'm of the opposite mindset. You know, you, if you're mm-hmm. running, Let's say it's a team or something like that. Why not have a podcast of the people who work in the concessions in the arena? Now, what about mm-hmm. the people working ticketing? Have them talk about their, I don't know, it just you need to highlight other people in your organization a lot 
instead of you being the the person out front all the time. I never liked that. Yeah. And like you said, there was, there's times when you do need to do that, but I mean, like all the time, I don't, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's ego. That's ego at that yeah. point. <laughs> it's that interesting where the conversation. Desired. Yeah. It's interesting why that we. <laughs> I didn't know you lived in Raleigh, North Carolina. Great city. Uh, yeah. I've been there many, many times in my life. And uh, funny enough, I was talking to my wife the other day, and we were talking about Raleigh, North Carolina. Seriously, out of the blue, we were talking about it. I'm not joking. So, that, so first, we would love to have you here. You are amazing, and maybe we'll go from and knock on doors of corporate um, um, corporates yeah. here because there are lots of companies and tell them start podcasts for people. Uh, that podcast for people. Yes. Yeah. And, and I was talking uh, about it. I, I'm and just we going to say that. Go ahead that um right now every day i think it's 80 people 80 people move to raleigh to this area the triangle what they call every mm -hmm. day 80 people i believe it's probably right now more when people leave some of their big cities yeah. uh, so we would love to have you <laughs> well i'm gonna tell you so like um my daughter's nine and mm -hmm. when she graduates high school, you know, we've kind of, we've been fairly nomadic in our lives. We move one place, we move to another type of thing, but we spend a lot of time there. But when she goes to college and stuff, we've thought about moving to, the, you know, to another place. Uh, I just like different scenes. I like different looks in my life over time. You know, we moved mm -hmm. here to Washington a few years ago. We were like, oh, maybe we'll give it 10 years here. And if you know, 50-50, maybe we'll leave. And I said, maybe we'll go to Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm not joking. We definitely talked about this two <laughs> two days ago. I said, I, I have a very, I'm very fond of that place. It's an awesome, awesome place. Love the college there, NC State. Been there many times. I said, it's something to yeah. think about. And she goes, I've never been yeah. there. My wife said that. And so maybe we'll visit first and have her come there. We'll check, we'll come hang out, you know. So I will tell you a funny story. When my husband got the opportunity to move here with the company, we used to live in New York. Um, we went for a visit with the kids in the springtime. And when we came back to New York, it's like every, all my friends ask me, so how was it down there? And I said, so annoying, so annoying. They said, what happened? Everything is so beautiful. The people are so nice. Everything is so clean. I have nothing bad <laughs> to say. I was so pissed off because I loved living in Brooklyn. Brooklyn is still one of my favorite places. And Brooklyn Bridge is definitely the my spot in this world. Ah, uh, my nice. favorite spot. Um, uh, still, it's a very interesting area. And I promise you, Darian, if you come... I'm taking you to check some good coffee because I'm oh, a lovely. coffee lover. And and I will tell you, um, my husband and I started this little game during uh, in the last few months. So every Sunday we'll do a long walk. We started that when the pandemic started. We just, I don't know, we got into a groove that every Sunday we go for four or five miles um, mm -hmm. walk. And we decided to add to it because we really love coffee. We both really love coffee. So we decided to add to it a little game. And after the walk, we will go to check a new coffee shop because you know that we all have those places that we go all the time. Yeah. In the end, there is that restaurant, there is that coffee shop, that supermarket. So I said, how about every Sunday we're going to we check a different place? And it's just amazing how many good coffee shops there are around. When we moved there, there was nothing. So right. we are here for now seven years. This area is changing so much. But I just found that even in this, you know, boring experience, you can't travel a lot you, or you, you decide not to travel. We decided to create that little game. And a few weeks ago, we went to a coffee shop and it, it was, uh, you know, and my husband said, so you want to go yeah. to the other one? I said, no, you win some, <laughs> you lose some. You lose That's some. part of the game. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's really fun. So if you come, I'm going to take you. I, now I know a lot of good coffee shops. Well, anyway. I think, uh, and definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something, um. I don't know why it just came out of nowhere. Literally like two days ago, we were chatting about this because we were also thinking like, well, maybe we'll snowbird 
in 10 years, nine years, we'll live in Key West, Florida for a couple months throughout the year and then keep our home here. And then I said, I don't know, maybe we'll move completely. Maybe we'll move. I said, I like Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm not joking. We literally talked about this two <laughs> days ago. Oh, and, uh, so but yeah, maybe this summer, I'm thinking this summer, maybe we'll roll out to, uh, from Washington state to Raleigh cause, and then hit like some other places in North Carolina and stuff, you mm. know, it's yeah. beautiful place, nice place. You know? Yeah, it is yeah. very clean. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. It's just funny that you're talking, you're just like, Oh, Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm like, how is this possible? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Well, I, Love talking to you, Noah. It is always a great pleasure to just have random conversation with you. It really is. <laughs> is and... it going to be our thing, random conversations with Noah? <laughs> oh, I like that. Random conversations with Noah. Yeah, of course. Um... And you know what? I wanted to have very few guests leading up to Christmas. And mm -hmm. uh, the last week, you are my only guest this week or Christmas week. And that is on purpose because... I feel such a tremendous connection with you and your kindness is amazing. And I wanted to honor that by having you on during Christmas week, which is a big week for me. I love Christmas. So, uh, yeah, that's what I got to say. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really honored. And you know how much I enjoy, you know, the joy of the holidays, right? So how much I enjoy, um, our random conversations that in, in, in the end, there is always, there is always a theme and it seems like today it was the ego, right? It was the um, ego. So completely. Yeah, yeah. 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 So thank you. That's I awesome. totally appreciate you and your um, thoughts and you know, provoking way of thinking. So I appreciate that we can have those conversations, real conversations. And I wish everyone around the world happy holidays and just try to find some joy. There are some ways that we can bring yeah. joy um, and, and by the way, it's interesting when I looked at it, happiness and joy are not the same. Joy is, yeah. is when, when you can still feel challenge and, um, and so it brings also, it's not just all, you know, happy thoughts. There can be challenging thoughts there and you still can experience joy with them. So I, I wish everyone and especially you joyful holiday season and a beautiful 2021. Thank you very much. And I feel the same way. Have a wonderful rest of the holiday season. And uh, certainly you'll be back on in 2021 several times. So we'll be in touch. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, Noah. Thank you, Darian. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, there is a nice piece of stock music playing behind me that a talented composer worked really hard on. So let's enjoy it. almost overshadows the saving big when you switch to progressive part progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates